Hello and welcome to this episode of Social Justice Matters, the podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Suzanne Rogers and I am a research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. As those of you who listen regularly will know at this point, we have three different types of podcasts. There's our 10 minute lesson series, our seminar series, and then our interview series. Our interview series is where we chat to experts on a wide range of policy areas, and this week it's one of those. I'm delighted to be joined by Carla Rogojar. She's a project assistant at Impala, the Independent Music Companies Association. They represent nearly 6,000 music companies across Europe. She is the coordinator of their sustainability task force and their climate analysis group. Impala published in early 2021 a 15-point climate charter and they have a sustainability program with voluntary targets for members. Carla talks me through who Impala are, what they do, some of the key points on the 15-point charter and we finish out the episode with a quick chat about the resurgence of vinyl and what that means for the music industry and climate action goals. We hope you enjoy. Carla, I suppose the first thing to do is to thank you for your time and your energy because they are both precious commodities in short supply. So thank you very much. Firstly, Carla, could you maybe just let us know what Impala is or what Impala does, please? Of course. And thank you for uh, inviting us uh, to to join your podcast. Well, Impala is a pan-European non-for-profit organization which represents independent music companies and their artists across Europe. And they are mostly micro, small, and medium companies. And Impala was founded in 2000, and we celebrated our 20th birthday in 2020 with a series of podcasts, playlists, and lists that, provo- uh, that promote key uh, items for independent music in Europe. Our main goal is to bring more value to creators and to create a level playing field in the sector with um, focus on access to finance, equity, diversity and inclusion and improving political access. And we we tend to, to provide a single voice for the independent sector, which is very diversified. And mm-hmm. as I said, it's composed of mostly micro and small companies. So we think it's important to have a single voice to provide more leverage for the sector in general. The nature of how music artists make money has changed over the last couple of decades. So before you could make money from your products, you made money from selling singles. I mean, you would have four versions of a single out Monday, seven inch CD single, 12 inch cassette single. And then the, the next Monday, then you had the remixes of it. So, you, you know, people were buying a lot of product and music artists was able to make money by selling product. And now it's touring. It's, it's being out there and gigging seems to be the main income stream, which I suppose maybe leads me then as to the climate charter piece, mm-hmm. because obviously gigging is highly carbon intensive so was was that one of the reasons behind the climate charter that impala has designed well it was one of the pieces of the of the larger puzzle because as you said there are multiple ways of earning a living a living as an artist and as a company nowadays so it's multifaceted you have touring 
you also have the digital consumption of music, you still have the physical consumption, you have copyright, which is also something that is very important to important to Impala's business, making sure that um, the copyright is being respected uh, across Europe and that there is a, a living playing field in this aspect as well. And um, to, to give you maybe a bit of background on how our charter was put into place, I need to go back uh, in time a little bit to 2019, um, which is when we recognized the climate emergency and when we signed the declaration by Music Declares Emergency, an initiative which is uh, made by the music sector for the music sector and the music industry. And that same year, uh, they were the recipients of our Outstanding Contribution Award, which we give uh, on an annual basis to an individual or an organization, which as uh, the name suggests, made an outstanding contribution in, uh, in the industry. So we thought that their message and their cause was really important because it mobilized uh, the, um, the value that music has in reaching various aspects of uh, community. It has uh, the ability to reach audiences that maybe some politicians can't and to also use this, this part of, um, of music. Um, and one thing led to another, and uh, we were invited for meetings with Commissioners Timmermans and Gabriel in the part in the commission, um, which we joined with Julie's Bicycle, another uh, climate charity from the UK, and Music Declares Emergency. So this happened in 2020, and it was obvious that there was a growing appetite among our membership to start talking more seriously about taking action in this field within the sector. And this is when our uh, climate, well, sustainability task force uh, came into place that was late 2020 by that time. And we just thought within um, the task force that it's needed to have a guiding set of principles mm -hmm. so that we can track our progress and also to make sure that we cover all different aspects of where we can have influence. So that means our internal uh, operations, but also external when it comes to using our voice in Brussels and engaging with it with the entire supply chain. Um, so this is basically how uh, our charter came came into being. Okay. Who's your sort of target audience then for the climate charter? Is it the member organizations? Is it within Impala? Yeah, the, um, we're more of um B2B organization sort of. So we are aiming to raise awareness within the sector and among policymakers as well to just make them aware that music has a great impact and also mm -hmm. that the creative and cultural industries they have a big value um, in the entire economy. For example, they account for around 12 million jobs in uh, Europe. So of course, yeah, yeah, it's one of the biggest uh, sectors with like around 4% of GDP. So it's, it's an important industry that um, mustn't be neglected. And there is a great value in it with reaching awareness just yeah on the sector level so among our membership but membership but outside of it as well so it's primarily our members but we would also like to mobilize the entire sector 
Um, so not just uh, the independence, but also maybe aligning with majors on some of these issues. Okay. I think it's very interesting what you said about the, the need to track progress. What I've noted sometimes is that, as you said, somebody will come out with a manifesto and they'll have, we need to reach X amount of thing by such and such a date. And then when they don't achieve the target, they just create a new target. And, yeah. you know, you just keep moving. You know, we want to eradicate poverty. We want to eradicate child poverty. We want to cut back on emissions by 2015. Well, we didn't make it, so we'll move it to 2020. So I think that thing about tracking progress is, is really important. It's a really vital part of any manifesto, yeah. I suppose, of any plan. Yeah, well, I think also it's kind of difficult to talk about, you know, achieving all our goals mm. when it comes to sustainability actions, because there are so many uncertainties at this moment. So we are also aware that there might be a situation where we might fail, you know, we might not reach our targets. Yeah. But it, I, we think that it's still very important to try and to advocate for, for this action and just to be consistent in, um, with what we do and just to, to promote, you know, every action matters. And uh, it's important just to do something, to, to take action. Yes, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think the world is changing and how we live in it is changing, how we consume, what we consume and how we consume will have to change. And then it's really a case of what is the impact of that? And if a certain sector is going to be adversely impacted, what supports do we put mm. in place? The just transition conversation isn't just about electric cars where your kiwi fruit came from you know did, what did it spend six weeks on a 40 foot somewhere coming across the world it's about things like music it's about how we consume content about the gigs that we go to so can we maybe pick out some of the pieces from the climate charter would that sure. be okay yeah okay. so you, you've, you've got 15 key points yes. in this climate charter so I suppose one that stands, I'm not going to do them in order, um, I'm, going to, okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to quiz you now on them, but one that really <laughs> stands out to me is working with digital music services to assess and reduce carbon footprint. And for me, I think this is fascinating because, you know, music was a physical product. So in my head, digital music doesn't have a carbon footprint because it doesn't actually exist. But of course it does because it's on a server somewhere it's in a data some data center somewhere and data centers are a big conversation here in Ireland at the moment. We have a lot of them. They are chewing through an enormous amount of our national grid. So I'm curious about that one in terms of reducing a carbon footprint. So allowing artists to sell their music online, to spread their word online and yet at the same time reduce carbon footprint. That's a very challenging one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, this is a very important charter point for us, because as you said, digital music is, uh, music is actually very physical when it comes to its impact and uh, how data is stored and transmitted. And that's why we thought it was important to put this um, into the charter and um, to have conversation conversations with a number of services. And it's really great to see that some 
Digital uh, services are taking responsibility for um, their impact already, like Spotify, who are um, currently offsetting all their listeners' emissions. So uh -huh. they're yeah, they're taking a responsibility for for that part, and we really encourage other services to take action, um, like physical stores. Um, it's our opinion that we are not responsible for emissions of digital services. But it's important for us to encourage change across uh, yeah, the hall and understand how our partners are dealing with their emissions. And we keep having these conversations and it's going to be important to to make it yeah, as, as little um, impact as possible. And it's not a, a section of the business that you can just exclude as you said mm -hmm. most of artists are are currently making a bigger chunk of their living from this so it's important to make innovations in this sector and to have this uh, these important conversations with the partners that leads us then into number 12 of the climate charter which is collecting collective offsetting solutions for the sector so again that would apply to more than digital as well, wouldn't it? In terms of how the carbon usage that comes with the industry, collective offsetting solutions, would you see, say maybe for the touring industry or something like that, like how would that work? Well, um, actually this is one point that is pretty controversial within Ooh. our task force. <laughs> yes, because uh, we are still debating the use and purpose of offsetting. Okay. And the current conclusion that we have is that it might be actually more efficient to invest in something that doesn't give you a balanced sheet of compensating yes. carbon, but rather the opportunity to invest in something that could drive meaningful change um, on a bigger scale. And um, of course, once again, having the collective approach here um, is devised with the purpose of having more influence, but we don't want to impose on our members that there is just one one way of you know uh, investing in climate opportunity and we want to give them the possibility to invest in their local i don't know actions but this is something that we are still debating on because it's been clear in the last year even that offsetting is maybe not you know the best the best option to approach your carbon emissions so yeah. we what we are focusing on now is mainly decarbonization and how to minimize your footprint and then to see how we can further invest to yeah to promote change here it is it's a really difficult one and i find with with climate conversations there's nearly always a gotcha so as you said offsetting sounds like a great idea mm. and then when you realize well it <sighs> Does it give somebody a free pass then? Does it, you know, so if a fossil fuel company is buying up huge swathes of land somewhere to rewild and offset, is that the answer? Possibly not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a difficult one. Again, that leads me then into point six, which is okay. to map and share examples of best practices across Europe. Are you starting to see things sort of happen in certain places that can be? I suppose transferred and shared oh definitely for me this is one of the best um aspects of the job to be able to promote the trailblazers in the sector and it's been really great to see how 
things have been changing since 2020, even 2021, and there are loads of great initiatives. Maybe I could mention um, the Music Climate Pact, which was instigated by the Association of Independent Music um, in the UK and the BPI. And um, it has been signed by prominent independent labels, but also all three major companies. So Warner, Sony and Universal, which is great to, you know, it, it's really a great success when you manage to have the entire sector be aligned on one uh, on one item. This is really not something that, that happens a lot. So we are a proud supporter of the pact and we welcome initiatives that uh, yeah, gather the whole of sector. And there are other initiatives, noteworthy initiatives um, across Europe. For example, our Italian members have been really invested in the topic and have been promoting it um, on all conferences that they managed to, to participate in. And um, yeah, it's it's really great to see uh, all the progress that has been happening. And of course, it must be acknowledged that not every country is at the same level. Mm -hmm. And this is also something that we must accept. And also, um, it can serve us, you know, as a chance to to access the entire um, well, entire Europe, and just to see the appetite for this action in different countries and where. Uh, every every country is, and that also that there is not a one size fit all uh, solution to this problem. That leads me then to 13 and 14, which is to support initiatives using music and culture to mobilize climate action and inform members then about EU funding for climate projects and help them apply. As you said earlier on, like music and culture gets to people in a different way than national laws or of legislation or climate action plans. I mean, if you open up a government document here, the first thing I do is look to see, well, how many pages is there? Something, you know, 140 pages of something. It's like, oh, you know, you said, if somebody comes out with a three minute pop song, I'm in, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but if a music artist who I, whose work I like and work I respect, and they do have a reach in terms of the message that's in the music, but obviously then <clears throat> the access that they would have to media to discuss things like climate action. Yeah, exactly. I think the conversation here is <clears throat> twofold. So of course, it's important to have the institutionalized approach, even when it comes to culture. So um, you're probably well um, acquainted with the SDGs. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, a handbook which was released, um, I think, early 2021 uh called sdgs and music so uh, tracking how all the the points can be combined within the music and how we can use the power of music to approach uh, listeners and audiences and yeah we, we think that initiatives like music declares emergency are really important and we haven't forgotten about them since 2019 when we first signed the declaration and we, it's, it's really uh, important to support these initiatives which have been really growing across the sector. So you have Music Declares Emergency um, in, in the UK, but also um, in, the, in Germany, in France. So really they have been popping up across the world because there's a growing appetite among listeners, but among artists as well. And it's great to, to see both combined because 
And sometimes it's it's funny to see um, when we have certain conversations with uh, consult our consultants or with labels that there's a will uh, for change on the artist side and the label side, and sometimes they just don't know how to, you know, <laughs> to meet. And there's yeah. a, a almost like a fear of them approaching the issue, but it's it's really it's really great to see how the conversation has been evolving with more artists taking a stance and also more labels making um, their emissions transparent and uh, publishing their reports like some of our members and um, it's getting more important for artists and which also influences their listeners mm -hmm. because if something is important to an artist that you love then you will also maybe start paying more attention to yeah. it. I just wanted to touch upon the previous subject just mm -hmm. to to make it clear. So, um, the, we have a, an Irish member actually. It's uh, the newly minted um, Association of Independent Music. So, um, it was I think represented more on the UK side, but mm -hmm. now we have also an Irish member, and they are really active and trying to get uh, involved. Um, it's a new association. It has been created last year, but they are also active just to, to let you know that there's something happening here as well. And um, when it comes to majors, so Impala doesn't represent majors. We represent um, the independents who are basically not majors. <laughs> yeah. But the, that's why it's great when you manage to get together the entire sector because companies um, like majors and independents can vary so much in just how they are uh, formed. We have a lot of self-releasing artists, so that's basically one person taking care of everything, while majors are a huge multinational companies that have a lot of points that they need to go through when they just want to apply a certain policy. So this is uh, why it's a great achievement to, to gather them under one roof on this topic. When you put it like that, it absolutely is for, for you to be able to, to support or recognize or include such a wide variety of ways of being in the music industry and they all get something out of this. I think that is, that's a huge achievement. That's brilliant. So I suppose we were looking then as well about the EU funding for climate projects and helping members apply. What kind of things, I suppose I'm curious about that one, because when you see EU funding for climate projects, you do think of maybe bike schemes or retrofitting or heat pumps. It'd be really interesting to see, well, what kind of climate projects does a music artist or a music company or a venue come up with that, they would be able to apply for EU funding for? Yeah, that, that's um, that's a great uh, question. Actually, um, we've had some really exciting news at Impala. Just uh, we, we got the news on Friday. Um, and we, as Impala, applied for, uh, for an EU project, which was under the Music Moves Europe envelope. So it's a specific envelope, which is intended for the music sector. Um, uh, yeah, just to provide more finance for this specific activity. And they had a specific strand that was intended for sustainability and to encourage sustainable practices. So we as Impala applied under our impacts 
program. I love the acronym. It's very <laughs> telling. <laughs> it's uh, Impala Climate Training and Standards Project, which, um, as the name suggests, uh, intends to provide training to our members across Europe. So from north, south, west, east, and center um, to you know, just test the appetite in different countries and where certain countries are, and also to provide um, a framework for standards in Europe and in, in the sector. So we, we got the grant. We, are, we still need to sign all the forms and the formalities, but it's great to see that this was recognized um, by the commission. And uh, it's just one of the examples how, how you can apply for funding. So it doesn't necessarily need to be, as you said, connected to cycling, yeah. but there are ways how to promote change. For us, this is currently training, which is in, well, climate literacy is key. Uh, education is key in general and we have made our carbon calculator recently with Julie's bicycle and now the plan is to roll it out and uh, of course interest is not as high in all parts of Europe but this is why training is important to be able to explain to people what are the benefits you know for their businesses and for the environment if they get involved in this um so yeah this is this is very exciting and also when it comes to other other aspects of uh, the music industry maybe not something uh, as related to labels but um as you said venues and festivals mm -hmm. uh, there was uh, um just last week a conference in paris about eco responsibility in the creative um arts and there are great examples from across Europe. Um, one festival that has actually built a bespoke train station to uh, facilitate their uh, visitors to come as close wow. to the festival venue as possible. So they don't need to you know, use their cars or other means of transport. It's really, it's really great how innovative you can be when you converge arts and sciences and uh, when you can just make them work together. So just when you say festival, I mean, the, the mental images of the day after the festival is finished <laughs> and it's just littered with plastic cups. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and leftover sleeping bags and leftover tents. As you said, there is, there's ways for everybody involved in the industry to make a difference. And I think that's the key word really, isn't it, is benefit. So it's a big ask for me you know if you come to me and say okay Suzanne you need to change the way you live in order to make less of an impact on the climate but it's going to inconvenience you and it's going to cost you more money that's a big that's a hard <laughs> that's a tough sell so you do you need to be able to say to people these are the things that you can do and they are of benefit you know you need to come at them from a different way so you've, and you've also, you've answered question, you've answered uh, number seven and number eight, which is to make climate literacy training available twice yeah. a year and to produce yeah. guidance for members with practical tips. So the funding that you got will, will lead into both of those. Then we're looking at the carbon reporting tool you've mentioned and to monitor and report climate impacts. The convene and administer a sustainability task force. I mean, did the climate charter come out of a task force or is this an ongoing piece of work as well? Well, the task force was actually 
first. <laughs> so the task okay. force came first. Um, that was um, in October 2020 with uh, Horst Weidenmüller from the German K7 Music as its chair. And we also have great um, members such as the climate um, uh, pioneer Peter Quick from Ninja Tune and Will Hutton from the Beggars Group and just um, other members from all across Europe because we would like to have all their voices heard. So it's it's hard, you know, um, obviously companies in the UK, in Germany, in Croatia, where I'm from, don't have the exact same um, access to clean energy, which is a yeah. huge uh, problem. Uh, so we want to make sure that everyone's voice is being heard and all issues are being addressed. And maybe when it comes to this being like inconveniences, as you said, of uh, of transition, of the just transition, then this is also a part of the reason why we um, made the, the guidance for our members. Um, we wanted to have something that was practical because labels we've heard the question a lot, where do I start? You know, yeah. there's just so much happening and you want to do this and this. And um, so really the question is, where do I start? So we made this practical guidance for our members, just giving them tips, examples, where you can cut maybe, um, you know, the energy uh, uh in your office or when it comes to manufacturing, um, just what are the concrete steps that you can do so that you also have a business benefit from it. Because obviously if you save on energy, that means less cost for you when it comes to expenses. Mm -hmm. So it can also be, it can be a benefit. Obviously this depends on having um, access to clean energy, which is a, a big debate. But uh, we think that it's 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 an important um, conversation, and it's maybe it's easier to avoid it now. You know, like let's leave it for for the future. Yeah. But there are there's a number of legislation items just being you know voted on. For example, there's a vote today in the um, in the European Parliament on the Fit for Fifty Five. So how to approach the topic today um, in the context of the pandemic, of the, um, of the war, and how this might have an effect on everyone's lives. And um, yeah, it's, it's not something that we'll be able, we'll be able to avoid for much longer. Yes. So it's important to take this into consideration now and to lead leather, um, rather than being, you know, having this issue creep up to you and then you're oh yeah okay, what to do what to do now yeah yeah you're forced to do it i think you're right as more and more of us become more and more aware of our impact we're going to look to support companies who are greener who are more sustainable so and again it's not something like if you look at say record store day i don't think anybody is queuing up outside record shops at eight o'clock in the morning with a view to only buying the record that, you know, released on a label that has like yeah. credentials. But that will, as you said, there, there is a shift. We will be looking at festivals. We will be looking at gigs. We will be looking at venues and saying, well, 
they're serving everything in one single use plastic glasses or mm -hmm. something like that. Plastic glass, that doesn't make sense. Plastic cups. <laughs> <laughs> we were becoming much more aware of that, I think, and asking much more questions. And that leads me then to number nine, which is to recognize no one size fits all. So each company and country is different. And that's the, as you said, there's a beauty in being a single voice because it amplifies. You've got this wealth and you've got this heft behind you. But that is the challenge then, I think, if there's 50 people all saying something slightly different, it's just mm. chaos then. So there is a challenge there, I suppose, in, in a single organisation trying to support this hugely diverse population. But you seem to be doing it, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is this is a huge challenge for us because, um, as I said, we want all voices to be heard, uh, which is why this entire program and the tools and guidance, it's all voluntary because we don't want to fo force anyone and to make impossible demands because you, you just cannot ask of certain members to apply same same principles. Yeah. Obviously, there are some countries that are more advanced, but we are looking at them to serve as an example and not, you know, as um, as something that must be achieved in the same level um, in all countries. Yeah, and um, as a person from Southeast Europe, I really feel that this is incredibly important for our members to feel included and not to be frightened of uh, yeah something impossible being imposed on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, because I think I think you're right. It's about well, where do I start? What difference can I make? What changes can I make? And if the changes I make are different to the changes that you make, or they're not as I'm taking baby steps and you're taking giant strides at least and it was one of them kind of buzzwords i hate but like the direction of travel is the same the same thing so number 15 then on your climate charter is to speak out where you support specific issues and use your voice in brussels so again that you're able to because you have the remit and you have the the authority to speak on such a, on, on behalf of such a wide group of people do you find that you're able to make a difference then when you're at the table well to a certain degree yes um we really are invited to some conversations with policymakers, but this shouldn't be left to to the industry itself mm -hmm. you know for example as i mentioned um a big issue for our members is clean energy now and access to well clean energy and clean manufacturing okay. because um yeah this is this is very important we have had conversations with some manufacturers and they say for example hydrogen is something that is really important to them. And they say that it's um, very hard to reach certain levels of uh, clean product without this energy. So it's important for us to flag this to policymakers, to let them know in which part of the debate our members need support and where we see this progressing. And um, yeah this is this is about it but it's great to see that there is also involvement from from the other side of the table that is not just us yeah. you know sending emails but that we are actually being heard and um this is being taken into consideration that's brilliant i know when i touched on record store day there that the resurgence of vinyl 
is an interesting one, I think, for the industry because of the environmental impact of it. Just kind of wind up with just a couple of minutes on that. Quite environmentally unfriendly vinyl, but that's a big, big, big part now of the industry and of artists' way of making money. They're made from plastic. They're made using crude oils, I think. I think so. I'm currently reading a book um, called Decomposed by um, Kyle Devine. Okay. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. I only have halfway through it, but it's interesting already to make some parallels with the conversations we've been having with manufacturers and our members. And um, in, in the past, like vinyls were also made from bugs basically yes 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 to to one point in time and it's um yeah it's evident that our generation i think is more like of a sociological uh, debate as well we have this sort of nostalgia Mm. which is connected to our current way of living so everything is accessible now in the cloud digital but there's also this resurgent need for something very tangible and physical just because of the way that we have been living and a, a sort of um, uncertainty of uh, of this way of of life and it's something that yeah users and listeners have just wanted to access and you have seen grow like it, yeah. it's crazy just the the number how the numbers have been growing and as a record company you need you depend on the market so you need to address the need of the market and you need to respond to it mm-hmm. and with such a huge resurgence and such a small amount of manufacturers actually yeah. present you can find yourself in a position especially if you're a small company of not having any leverage over them you know you can say well do you have uh, clean energy but will they actually listen to you like are you, how important on a bigger scale of a manufacturer are you to them when i don't know they may have some you know uh, a major or a big company making their uh, vinyls at them so this is also why we think it's important to have a single voice and a single conversation because it can provide more uh, more leverage to this to these companies and we have been having some interesting conversations with uh, manufacturers for example i could um, mention optimal um, in germany and they're really a, a good example of um yeah producing car uh, producing carbon producing vinyls <laughs> um and they have been working with a climate consultancy called um climate partner uh, if i'm not mistaken and they're aware that there will be um, a time, like a point in time, where a shift is going to come to manufacturers as well. And it's coming you know, closer and closer. So they're um, finding new ways of how to be more efficient. And for example, they use um, steam presses so, uh, to make uh, their vinyls. And they're exploring how to maximize um the the effectiveness of the process so they're using the residue energy of this constant shift in pressure to um power their plant 
basically. Okay. And they are also using a technique called um, revinyl. So using vinyls that are left um, in their plant sometimes to make new vinyls out of it. Oh, wow. Yes, so there are ways to be innovative here. But as I mentioned, clean energy is key. They have mentioned hydrogen as well. And once again, this is something that is, it can't be avoided now because the market is asking for it. Um, listeners, consumers are asking for it. So what we can do is we can make it as efficient as possible and uh, provide yeah, innovation in the sector and having these sometimes difficult conversations with different manufacturers. That's the key, isn't it? As you said, is to look and see it's the meeting of the market with innovation. We still want things, we still like things, we want to consume. So it's about doing that in a sustainable carbon neutral or as sustainable yeah. and as carbon neutral as it possible to get and that's really where the challenge is so I mean I have found this absolutely fascinating thank you so 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 much I could probably keep here for hours now <laughs> I just think it's a really really interesting way of coming at this from an industry that you don't think about when you think about just transition mm -hmm. or sustainability or carbon footprint so I just think what you're doing is so important and it's it's so worthwhile um, so thank you so much for your time I've really enjoyed this you're welcome it's great to to talk about this and uh, it's great to see the change in the sector really so we're we're really happy to be part uh, of the huge cog like a cog of the huge machine uh, let's say thank you for listening hope you found this useful and enjoyable and if you have any ideas for future conversations you would like us to have, please feel free to email us at secretary at socialjustice.ie. Until next time, stay safe.